Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. Fisher, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Crider, also ESPN, the Mightier at 1090. What's up? An early Shabbat Shalom to you guys, Nick. Happy Hall of Fame game. Football is back. I know people are very excited. Uh, you'll see some third stringers, fourth stringers, and guys who definitely won't make the cut play tonight. But it's good. Football's in the air. Browns, Jets, August We're 3rd. We're here. We're back like we never left. Um, I, I was having a fun – you know I love the draft. You love the draft too. Uh, Alex and I had played a game with quarterbacks drafted since I think it was 2000, and he just – maybe 2010, one of the two. And he just went – Good pick, mid pick, we'll bust. So I wanted to go, not obviously the 2023 guys, we don't know. The 2022 guys, there's still time for them to mature and see what they're doing. And I still feel the same way about the 2021 guys. But I'm going to go from 2014 to 2020, giving you the top five picks, those 30 players taken, and you're going to tell me good pick, mid pick, or bust. Okay, let's do it. 2014, first overall, Jadavian Clowney. Um, good pick. Okay, I think, he, I think you know he, Texans, you know, did his thing there. He's a free agent now, but mm. can't really look at his career now compared to what he did for them then. Mm. It was okay. Good pick. Greg Robinson, second overall offense tackle. Uh, good pick. Blake Bortles, third overall pick, Jacksonville Jaguars. Bust. Sammy Watkins fourth overall to the uh, Sammy Watkins fourth overall to the Buffalo Bills. Bust. Ooh. Khalil Mack fifth overall to the Oakland Raiders. Good pick. I mean, they got a pretty sizable return from the Bears whenever they traded him away and he was uh, all pro at two positions. <laughs> <laughs> Go to 2015, Jameis Winston first overall to the Buccaneers. Good pick, mid pick or bust. Uh, mid pick. Marcus Mariota second overall to the Tennessee Titans. Bust. Dante Fowler, third overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, mid. Amari Cooper, fourth overall to the Oakland Raiders. Um, mid, because they didn't really get much productivity out of him. Mm-hmm. Brandon Sheriff, four-time pro, five-time Pro Bowler, offensive tackle, Washington Commanders, currently with the Jaguars. Best pick of that draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, moving on to 2016. Rams, Jared Goff, first overall. Um, mid pick. I mean, he got in the Super Bowl. Carson won second overall to the Eagles. Mid pick. Okay, Joey Bosa third overall to your Chargers. Uh, good pick. He's Dallas pro. Dallas Cowboys taking Zeke fourth overall. Um, mid pick M- meant a lot to the franchise, and uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you shouldn't be taking a running back that early, but. Uh, I'll switch it a good pick. I think it was a good pick. Fifth overall, Jalen Ramsey, Jacksonville Jaguars. Great pick. Great pick. Okay, 2017, Miles Garrett, first overall to the Cleveland Browns. 
I'm looking at his graphic right now. He's ranked as the 20th overall player in the NFL top 100. So that's a good pick. That is a damn good pick. Number two, Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky. Bad pick. Busts. Solomon Thomas, third overall to the San Francisco 49ers. Bad pick. Fourth overall, Jacksonville Jaguars, Leonard Fournette. Bad pick. Fifth overall, Corey Davis, Tennessee Titans. Awful pick. That is a tough draft. Okay, 2018, first overall, Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns. Mid. Second overall, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants. Good pick. I mean, Saquon. Mm -hmm. I don't like two. I don't like being the second overall, but it's a good pick. Third overall, Jets, Sam Darnold. Bad pick. Fourth overall, Denzel Ward, Cleveland Browns. Uh, mid. Okay. Can't let be healthy. Fifth overall, Bradley Chubb, Denver Broncos. Um, mid. He's not on their team anymore. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Had injury problems. Yeah. Uh, twenty nineteen. First overall, Kyler Murray, Cardinals. Um, bad pick. Whoa. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, Nick Bosa, second overall. Great pick. Third overall, Quinn Quinn Williams, New York Jets. Great pick. Fourth overall, Cleveland Farrell, Oakland Raiders. Bad pick. Fifth well, overall, De what are they doing? Devin Devin White, fifth overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good pick. And last, we'll go to 2020. First overall, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Good pick. Got got the Super Bowl. Washington Commanders taking Chase Young, second overall. Mid pick so far. Mm. Jeff Okuda, Detroit Lions. Um, mid pick as well. Andrew Thomas, fourth overall, New York Football Giants. Great pick. Tua Tagovailoa, Miami Dolphins, fifth overall. Uh, I I think still to be determined. Okay, TBD. He's having, he's having a really good season until the concussions and kind of sidelined him. So as a yeah. standard, I'll put that as a mid. That was my fun little game for you because I saw they did a do-over of the 2018 draft five years later. Uh, who's a, who Have they released all the rankings NFL in the top 100 players? No, they're at 20 right now. So Miles Garrett is uh, 20. You think it's a little low for him? You mean like he should be a better better ranked or yeah. Like you we mean think like, like that's too high, like in the numbers, like he should be like top ten. He should probably be top fifteen. No. I no, I like... think, yeah, I think he should. I think PFF rated him like the number one uh defensive lineman in football. So I this is this is the top one hundred players of twenty twenty three that which is picked by the players. So mm. I wonder if there's still some uh, people who are still a little Jared Saltalamachia about the, the, the helmet incident, Mason Rudolph incident. Mm. I don't know. I think he it doesn't is, help that like he plays for the Browns. Yeah. All pro last year, fifth and defensive player of the year. He had two first team all pro. He said three, three all pros in a row, all pro second team last year. But in those last three years, he's had 16 sacks, 16 sacks, and, and 12 sacks. Yeah, I think it's because he's a Texas A&M Aggie. And that's why people don't want to give him a higher rating. They've, the Aggies have had some, had some serious, serious, serious studs. Yeah. Vaughn Miller, Miles Garrett. 
who else? <laughs> um, no, my, my Von Miller, my uh, they they've had who else have they've had? I mean, they at, coming out of school, Luke Jokel, Jake Matthews were big offensive tackles. They had Tannehill, like who's had a solid career. Mike Evans, obviously, you know, yeah. pretty pretty great. He's a Hall of Fame player. I don't know. I feel like they've had like a lot of good players and they don't really have enough. Like they had Johnny Manziel who obviously yeah. didn't come to fruition in, in, in the NFL, but he was, he was an unbelievable highs winner in college, Christian Kirk. I would uh, say that they, uh, they're like top heavy, right? Where like the guys who do make it are really good, but like, it's not super deep. Like Von yeah. Miller's a Hall of Famer. Miles Garrett can work his way to be a hall of famer at some point. Mike Evans is a hall of famer. Yeah, but like these guys, my whole point is like these guys are Hall of Fame players that played in college. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that like that it's it like it's there's not a, a, a big volume. There's not a ton of Aggies. I mean, there's Aggies in the league, but I'm saying that like it's not like, you know, the Bamas and like the Auburns and like the LSUs and the Georgias like like they're putting out guys consistently. Right. But like they're all spread out across the league. They're not like. I mean, there are some guys who are greats, but like we're looking at how top heavy it is right now with Von Miller and Miles Garrett and Mike Evans. Like those are, that's a great top three to have out of your college. Just saying yeah. it's top. Three. Yeah. The the year that Johnny won the highs and they finished fifth in the AP poll, they beat Bama in that crazy game. They're only lost, they lost the opener to Florida and then they lost at home to LSU. I mean that withstanding, they pretty had they had a pretty remarkable. They crushed Auburn that year. I know we're going on like a, a wild tangent with Johnny Manziel, but they crushed Auburn that year, and they beat Alabama, who won the national championship that year versus Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They, they which is at Alabama, which is kind of wild if you think about it. I feel like that after that first loss, they really went on a tear. Manziel ran for twenty-one touchdowns that year and fourteen hundred yards. Ridiculous. Didn't even say the playbook. There was a, I put this out uh, on our Twitter because, you know, just spitballing around here. The, according to Bleacher Report, 30 greatest college football players of all time. Did you see that? You see that retweet that I had? Did not, no. Okay. So for us, we had young, Tommy Nobis. Colt McCoy and Ricky Williams all in the top 30. This is all this is all time. All time. So four from the top 30. Earl Campbell's not in there. Earl Campbell is not in there. No. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, four is a good number. I mean, that's a great. Oh, sorry. I missed it. Earl Campbell is there. Sorry. 13. So five. There's no. So you got more than. I was that like a sixth of the of the list. A sixth of the list, and I, I think you're more than anybody. There's no, there's not a single Bama player on the list. Yeah, I mean, I just think that Bama is like a, a a good farm system for the NFL, but I can't tell you like one guy that's like, oh, yeah, that guy is is Devonte when the Heisman's a receipt. No, I know. Oh, okay, yeah, but I'm talking about like into the NFL. But yeah, you're right. These are like this is just per college. Like no, no Joe Burrow on the list. Hmm. No Cam Newton on the list. Hmm. Yeah. See, I don't know. That's a little questionable. No Trevor Lawrence on the list. 
I know he never won the Heisman. This kind of seems like an outdated list. This kind of seems like a yeah, like five years ago. You have Vy, you have Tebow, but like, how many people put together a better college career than Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, or Burrow. I mean, Burrow won the Heisman and was undefeated and won the national championship his senior year. Like, and Newton, same thing with him. Set the set the world on fire. Yeah, I mean, Trevor. I mean, no national championship. It hurts, I think. For Trevor Lawrence, he won his freshman year. Or sorry, um, Heisman. No Heisman, I think hurts. But I mean, Colt didn't win the Heisman. Yeah, like and, Trevor and, Lawrence, and dude. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, ninety touchdowns in three years, seventeen picks. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty damn good. And merit no Mar- Marcus Mariota. I think it's like got to be one of the most soured players on in the history of just football in general. Yeah. His, when, his, uh, last year at Oregon was ridiculous when he won for, the Heisman. He has 105 yeah. touchdowns. How many picks does he have to that too? Like single digits, right? He, okay. So his first year, he threw 32 touchdowns, six picks. Second year, 31 touchdowns, four picks. Third year, 42 touchdowns, four picks. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And his last year when he threw 42 touchdowns and four picks, he had 15 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, it's a Heisman season. You're going to tell me that the guy's not a top 30 player of all time in college football. And he played for – he kind of like made the Ducks what they were today in a weird way. He's the best Ducks player I've ever seen by far. And there's been some yeah, good guys. I can't really think of anyone else that – I mean, he's, is he their only Heisman winner? Yeah, like Michael James didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He's the only other guy that I could think of that would have done it. Um, I can look up Heisman winners really quickly as we as we discuss. Uh, but yeah, he's like, I mean, when you go through, like, I think it's a good point. Like, I, I couldn't tell you who the best Bama player I've ever seen was. Like, maybe, like, maybe Derrick Henry. Like maybe, you know, like Baker's not on this list. Like Baker was pretty epic. Yeah. So is Kyler. In college. You know, so yes, Kyler was also, I think, I guess no, no national championship hurts for those guys. But McCoy didn't win a national championship, you know? Yeah. And VY didn't win a Heisman. Yeah. I think. People like get romanticized with VY a little bit. But I mean, look, we we love Vince. He's he's truthfully an unbelievable player. Cam Newton not being on there is pretty ridiculous. Because he won the Heisman and he won the Natty. Cam Newton, I no offense to Joe Burrow, who put together an amazing season, but like truth be told, like look how good and you could see it translate to the pros. Joe Burrow got two of the top receivers in the NFL on that team right now. Yeah. And then not to mention like both, both probably number one, maybe number three receivers in the league. (laughs) Yeah. And not to mention, he also had good offensive line that went to the league, good defensive players that went to the league. Mm -hmm. Like Derek Stingley jr. Was on that team and he's a third overall pick. Right. And his freshman year was the best. How many guys went to the league on Cam Newton's team? I'm looking that up right now. I'm just going to tell you his stats really quickly. Cam Newton's stats at Auburn 
uh, his senior year through 30 touchdowns, seven picks, but only 2,800 yards. And then he had 1,400 yards on the ground with 20 touchdowns. So he accounted for 50 touchdowns. That's anyone that damn shit. How many fumbles did he have? Doesn't say. Oh, okay. He, yeah, I think he had no fumbles. I mean, it's just like he was like a man amongst boys. He went 14 and 0. They had Michael Dyer, but he never did anything. Their receivers were. Darvin Adams, Terrell Zachary, like got they, these guys didn't do much. Damn, the, I might as well put on that team. Yeah, bet, they had some good uh, defensive players on the team. They had uh, a young D Ford, but they had uh, Nick Fairley. Nick Fairley was kind of a beast in college. He was a beast. He was a top, what, five pick? Top 15. I think he was 13th to the Lions. But he was a stud in college. Like, Supposed to be like the next, and he was just kind of okay in the pros. Yeah, they were comparing him to like Ndamukong Sue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, we have a look who's entering the fray. Toss, what's up? Hop on in, dude. Good to see you, my guy. Yeah, my favorite, um, my favorite sports memory is the 2011 Mavs championship. It's it's great to be on the cherry stripe, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We were just taught. We were kind of doing. Uh, similar to the sketch I pitched you when we were talking last, uh, but we were naming old college football players because I saw a college football graphic that had the, that ble- per Bleacher Report didn't have Burrow, Mariota, Cam Newton, Devonta Smith on their top 30 players of all time. Was there some sort of qualification as to like how many years they played in college? I didn't see Ga- games graphic. or something like that. That's seems it kind of just seemed like that list was like players that haven't played within the last five years. Hmm. Trying to see if there are any guys. Uh, Nadama King Sue played pretty recently. Um, Tebow, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there's definitely my biggest. Cam Newton to me is still the best college football player I've ever seen. The season that he put together with what was around him comparatively, like, and Joe Burrow is like a close second, but like Nick and I were just saying, Toss, Joe Burrow had JJ, he had Jamar Chase. I'm pulling up the rest of that team just to see who else was on that roster and is now playing in the pros. Um, but it, I mean, like, look, Clyde Edwards Lair has not been good in the pros, but he's still a first overall, first round pick by the Kansas City Chiefs. Delpit. Yeah. Okay. So, like, they had Burrow uh, uh, receiving. They had Jamar, Justin Jefferson. Their third receiver is Terrace Marshall Jr. Yep. Which is pretty damn good. And then on defense, they had Chase on, uh, Pat Queen, Delpit, like you just said, Stingley Jr., who was insane, and, and Christian Fulton. They've had they have so many like legitimate NFL players on their team, whereas Cam Newton had it was like him and Nick Fairley, like realistically, and Michael <laughs> Dyer. Michael Dyer was good. He kind of just like got a little crazy and went off the rails. Yeah, I think was Cade York also their kicker too. He, he had to have been right, probably. Yeah, he's right. their kicker. I think that's right. So Cade, yeah. they have a, they had a great kicker too. We were saying that Mariota is the best Oregon Duck ever, or at least that we've ever seen. Is that a fair statement? 
Um, it's it's probably true. He's not my favorite Oregon Duck ever. Oh, I prefer boring. Dennis Dixon. Uh, he's my favorite QB that's played at the. I like like my I like the Anthony Melton or Lamichael. Uh, not the Anthony Melton, the Anthony Thomas or Lamichael James. Anthony Thomas yeah. had wheels. wheels. I mean, Leggy Blunt also was a. He was a beast there. Leggy Blunt. <laughs> uh, diminished a little bit by you know some of the. the but just Herbert guys. Yeah, Gerbert, dude. No, that's true. Who can we can't we can't forget about Gerbert. Gerbert was really fun there. Um, um, Ed Ed Dixon, who played with Dennis Dixon, really good tight end, had a nice NFL career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, let me let's play a real. Here's another fun one, Toss. Nick and I played a pretty random game at the top. I just went through old draft picks, top five guys from 2014 to 2020, and Nick said, "Good pick, mid pick, or bust pick." But I'm gonna give you these are these are just based off the rankings as everything finished at the end of last year in college football. I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a school, and you're gonna give me the first player that comes to mind. Okay. Maybe you or who or who, or who would you guys do first player that come prefer first player that comes to mind or best player that you've seen play there. I think first player comes to mind. Okay, cool. Joja, the dogs. First player that came to my mind just now, it was Sony Michelle. Mm. Nick, Stetson Bennett, but it's recency bias. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, the was, second guy that popped in my head up. was was No Sean Moreno. I was mm. I loved I loved No Sean. I was I was Nick Chubb then AJ Green. AJ Green underratedly went there. Uh, number two, TCU Horn Frogs. Recency bias, Max Duggan. Mm. Andy Dalton. Uh, I don't know why LT is just like, I immediately think of, because he's just so by far and away the best player to have ever gone there. I think that's definitely. why it's definitely. Uh, Michigan. Desmond Howard. Yeah. McCarthy. I'm just thinking of guys that are on their team right now. Really? I, I, yeah. I, uh, the Ohio State. You know. Zeke. Zeke Elliott. Uh, Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones is mine too, weirdly. Bama. Uh, Mark Ingram. Me too, mm. Nick. Yeah. Nice. Mark. I was, Mark. I was Derrick Henry, then Mark Ingram. Mark, both Heisman winners. Uh, Tennessee. Josh Dobbs. Ooh, great one. Kamara. Yeah, Kamara for me too. But that, they but they played together. Dobbs. Who was it that he threw that insane Hail Mary to? Was it Arkansas? a and I don't remember who it was against, but he threw a wild Hail Mary to win the game. The Herd? I don't know. Dude. I don't know. No, I don't know who they beat. No, Josh Dobbs did. Josh oh, Dobbs threw a I'm saying was it heard to heard? I don't know who it was two. I'll hmm. I'll figure it out shortly. Um uh okay, Penn State. Saquon Barkley. Matt McGloin. <laughs> yeah, I actually I got hit with the recency bias, Drew Aller, because I think we just spoke about him last week. Uh Washington. Um John Ross. Mm. Mine's Jake Locker and will always be Jake Locker. Mine's Jake Browning and will always be Jake Browning. I just think it's a hilarious story that Jake Locker, like, 
stopped lifting so that his bicep size could get reduced so that he could throw the ball like 15 yards further or something like that. There was some ridiculous stat. And at this point, I think that like, I'm, I'm just putting my own spin and slant on what I think that the numbers are involved in that story. But I, at a certain point in time, they were like, dude, you're too, you're too wide across the chest and your biceps are too big. And when you're wearing pads, you can't throw at a certain amount of of yards and you have to get smaller. Too swell. Last two for you guys. We'll round out the top 10. Tulane. Not for Can't think of anyone. Forte. Yeah, he's my guy. He's the goat. Tulane goat. And then Utah, the Utes. Cam Rising. Mm. Brian Johnson. Mm. Alex Smith. Yeah. (laughs) Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut. (laughs) Former guest of the show. Former guy, he had some serious opinions. Zach Moss, uh, Zach Moss, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, cool. Uh, so a couple more things I wanted to just you know hit up on while we're just chit chatting uh, on this lovely, lovely, lovely Thursday. MJ's sale went through, finalized. He's officially no longer the owner of the Hornets. Uh, kind of sad in a weird way. It was kind of nice to have him be an owner despite, you know, the Hornets sucking. It felt good to have an NBA player in the mix. Uh, and it kind of sucks, you know, to hear the rumblings that the reason he lost the team was to GameStop. <laughs> it's a little funny, but, like, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Put his money in GameStop? So the guys that he sold it to, this is, like, I just saw this, some the old TikTok, uh, but they've laid it out. Gabe Plotkin bought the team. He had bought, he was like MJ's financial advisor and MJ put he's I think Seth Rogen plays him in the new GameStop movie. MJ put his money in with Gabe Plotkin and they bet the opposite side that hit versus GameStop and he lost like five hundred million dollars in the GameStop when other people made money. So MJ bet against GameStop, lost his money and he had to give him he had to pay him back but his most valuable asset to pay him back with. Like he doesn't just have $500 just because his net worth is so much. He doesn't just have $500 million to throw around. It's all dispersed other places. So his biggest asset is Charlotte Hornets. So he had to sell the Charlotte Hornets to Gabe Plotkin as collateral. Well, I mean, do you know what the final sale price of his stake in the Hornets was? I mean, billions. I think it's three bill and he bought, in to his stake at 180 million. So good deal. Uh, I think he's, I think, yeah, he's fine. 275. But what is it? 275 matter? was what he the OG. originally spent. OG stake. <laughs> Microsoft Bing is just a liar. <laughs> <laughs> or ESPN's a liar, but not the mightier 1090. Kind of crazy though. Like it's a great profit for him. He gets his money back, but that's a wild. I was I don't think it's the case, but I was like, speculating to myself and I was like, hmm, I wonder if Plotkin knew what he was doing and like did a, like a little bait and switch. But I doubt it. I doubt yeah. he'd want to lose the Well, money. you you clearly know that this GameStop movie is coming out because you saw was it a trailer that you saw when you went and mm. saw Oppenheimer? I've seen the trailer separately of Oppenheimer, but I did see it. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet, Toss? I still haven't seen it, no. Go see it this weekend. I should. I I went and saw Barbie, and then I've gone and seen two movies since then that that neither have been Oppenheimer. Theater Camp? Theater Camp, which is an absolute delight, and 
Jake Locker, who I was talking about before, is in. Jake Locker's camp? kind of he's no, but he's kind of the Jimmy Tatro of uh, the NFL of football. <laughs> yeah, I was I I wanted to watch theater camp last night, but somehow or another ended up turning on a movie that is so okay. Let's see if you guys can guess it. It's a comedy, so all time, our generation, unbelievably hilarious, kind of offensive, couldn't be made today. There's just some, or like that's made very different. There's a lot of those that are like that. There are a lot of those, but this one has some serious, like seriously, just like outwardly, like racist jokes and just like blunt, like not like racism, but like just blunt in your face humor. Like what times like a lot of people, people I was watching was like, Whoa, I cannot believe they just said that. Like this could not be made today. I mean, there's just, there's just so many. You got to give us like a time period. I'm going to, I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a just guess. Go. No context but based off of what you've said role models no but in that it's like in that range of like 2002 to 2010 more i I would even go as far as to say as like more offensive at parts for sure than role models Uh, i don't know it could be anything is it a um what's his name what why can't i is it a judd apatow film no. Interesting. Not a Judd okay. Apatow film. It is a film where the two main lead actors, two males, have they worked actors. together in Twenty One Jump films? Street? Not Twenty One Jump Street. Really fun guess. Uh, they've worked together. Some would say their whole lives. So is okay. So it's it's a Will Ferrell and John C. Riley collaboration. It's not. They've worked together from the jump. Oh, ne- clerks. oh. is it Clerks? Is that what you said? Clerks is a great guess. I think Cler- I think actually I think Clerks might be a '90s film. Technically, I think it was released in '99. Let me see. Is it Good Burger? <laughs> really, you you're doing great. Like you guys are inching around it. This I would say this is probably one of the funniest movies. Of our childhood. Are there, are there not humans in the movie? They're all humans in the movie. So they're not puppets, is what I'm getting at. No puppets. Okay, no. So it's not Team America World. Not Police, Team America, no. Which is one of the most risque movies I've ever seen. Like, no chance. I don't know if you're going to like this. Rewatch the movie. Like, I think you guys are close. So I'm going to let you try to guess it. If you, when you rewatch this movie, you're going to, there will be times where you're like, whoa. Like, it's hilarious, but like, like there was no way that this would go down today. Or if it went down today, it would be like a really big, like just like jest or like slap in the face. And you're like, we're doing this and there's nothing you can, can say about it. Harold and Kumar. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is really good. Really good. Really good guess. Two bros. In this movie, leading lead films. They're the Do lead. They- they do their own things now. Like, are they like? What are they up to yeah. now? Um, right now, was my car. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, most recently, I'm trying to pull up what they've most recently done. They, they've done one of their most recent movies. For one of them is Air. But other than that, they've pretty. They were big in the '90s, big in the 2000s. 
Um, it's not not like Dumb and Dumber, is it? No. That's also offensive too. <laughs> is these are all yeah, these I mean, are every offensive. single every single one of these is yeah, and in, in some aspect. This is their biggest movie, but their other biggest movie is franchised, big franchise, comedy, ridiculous humor, satirical humor that makes rush fun. hour. No, I can't believe you guys can't get this. Rush hour is all time. Rush Hour is not that offensive. There's parts, but like not like. Oh, it's two bros. I don't know. And Chris Tucker was an heir, so. There are two. The two leads of the film have always worked together, for a specific reason. They're conjoined twins. Oh, uh, white chicks. Oh. Oh, what a. Gosh. <laughs> what a tease that was, and and our overlay just changed. That was wild. It's white that. chicks. It is white chicks. You know, I uh, I was talking about Josh. We were talking about Busy Phillips the other day, and she is. It's one of the the movies um, that she's most well known for. Yeah, she's funny in it. She's but the Wayne's Bros. In this movie, bro, they are so funny, and the white chicks is so funny. But there are so many parts in White Chicks that you're like, oh, I can't believe he just said that. Like, that would be totally canned today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, just, I don't know if we can on air even make even the address. No, no, we it's... can't even say what it, exactly like, on air. Like, we can't, like, we cannot put this, like, we could put this segment out on like 1090 radio, but we can't put it out like, and I can't even delve into like the things that are being that are the, the jokes that are said. Yeah. And and um <laughs> it's not know. even the jokes that are said, just like the acts that are committed to, like posing as another race, posing as another gender. Like today that's offensive in so many different ways to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But they do it so like they do it so well. It's like one of the it's one of the things like that I have always felt comedy was really underrepresented at the Oscars. And I know it's kind of a wild take to say like, Oh, like the, the, these guys, the white chicks guys should have won Academy Awards. They should be Oscar winners. Like I know it's kind of a blasphemous take. A comedy at least category. Yeah. I mean, they have it for, they have it for the um, golden globes. Like what these two really did, like they put together like elf, is really like a world class performance, right? Yeah. Like, I'm who won? Like, who won the year that Elf Elf came out? I'm I'm sure whoever won was relatively. It was a relatively deserved award. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I guarantee you, more people watch Elf on a yearly basis than whatever won that year. A hundred percent. Elf is one of the most impact. Okay. Best. Ah, act that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Wait, best actor. Maybe, maybe best. You know what? One best picture that year. What? No. Yeah. Lord, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Return of the King, which is okay. also a heavily rewatchable film. Very. Like, but like, I, I'm willing to bet that more people watch Elf on a yearly basis than Lord of the Rings. Sure. I think some of that has to do with the fact that you can watch Elf four times. Movie. You can yeah. watch it four times before Return of the King is yeah, over one time. Crush. 
Dude, but it's not even that it's a holiday movie. It's just like a genuinely good movie. Also, no, the no, it of, is that it's a holiday movie though, because when it comes to Christmas time, I'd watch it today. Like, dude, ABC Family knew what they were doing when they would have like specific genres of the month. In October, you run all the Halloween movies. In December, you run all the holiday movies. Like that's what you yeah, do. So people but, rewatch them but if automatically. You, sure, but if you rewatch, if you saw Elf, like you're chilling Sunday night, and someone threw on Elf, you don't think it hits. I do. I think it's a. I think it's a very, very rewatchable movie. Now, I have seen Elf a lot, and at this point, I've almost cooled on needing to rewatch it every time that it's on. Sure, but I know that that's like a holiday tradition for a lot of families. Is when are we going to watch Elf? When are we going to watch Christmas Vacation? Um, like, and and at that you know at this point, Elf is a twenty-year-old movie. It, so. The winner that year, and I like Sean Penn. He's a great, he's unbelievable. But Sean Penn and Mystic River, come yeah. on, dude. It's come honestly, on. That's, a, that's a pretty overrated film, I would say. Very. The best person in that film, Tim Robbins, actually won for best supporting, and he deserved to win. That was a great performance by him. You're also nominated Johnny Depp in, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Deserved nomination. Might be the best character actor performance of all time. How does he not beat Sean Penn in Mystic River? Because it's a theme park movie. Literally made off of a theme park movie. Yeah, there's bias because of that, for sure. I hate that. I think think the Academy, you know, wants to have this, like, noble, like, we're, you know, we're about real cinema and real, you know, people and, and characters rather than just kind of like the Disney attraction or the elf, you know? Yeah, yeah, but you could you could argue like I would say well, it's probably the top three character performance of all time. I mean, what Elf? the number one character performance in all time, in my opinion, one Heath Ledger as the Joker. Okay, so I was thinking in my mind Heath Ledger's I, one. That's why I said top three. Heath Ledger's will, one, Pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp. No one two. else has done like no one else has done Jack Sparrow before, and and while well, I don't think that should anyone else can now. No one else can exactly like Heath Ledger had other people and performances to draw from. Like that is, it's a comic book. Yes, whether he's I, doing I that or not, there so, is. His was so different than it was anything. very singular, and that's why it's, so, it's such a beautiful performance. But there is text that you can go and research a character about. Captain Jack Sparrow is, it's out of thin air. There, okay, there yeah, was, yeah, like, but literally I mean, fine. Like even he's like top three, and like he can't. I mean, I would say there's text for Jack Sparrow too. Though. I mean, like they're not exactly the exact character he is, but he can go look back at any pirate in history. He can watch Hook. He can watch any pirate movie. Like you draw from that as well. I mean, because sure. every single Joker in the Batman series was completely different. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's much more of a fleshed out character than I know he had to do the fleshing out of the character himself, which I think is additionally more impressive. And we also have in the back of our mind that like he also is the guy that played Frankenstein's monster and cut a bunch of hedges into beautiful shapes as Edward Scissorhands. Like he's not just done it, and he played Willy Wonka. Like the guy is unbelievable. That was probably his weakest one. Willy Wonka was the weakest one of like the big characters. But it's so different from Johnny Depp, though. I mean, but it's not as good it. as and you believe not it. as good as Demon Barber. But now you're just proving my point. The guy's just a beast. He's probably the beast. He's, you, you, you can make the argument he's the best character actor ever. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, you could, I would probably say he's 
he's probably the top 10 most talented actor of all time. Like everything he's done is just such a chameleon act. And is so like even like Tom Hardy, who's like Nick, we all love, but like that's like Nick and I's like kind of like favorite, like chameleon guy. It's not even like Johnny Depp's even better than that. Yeah, but but I love I love Hardy as well. I love Christian Bale, but both of those guys like they character act, but they still stay within the lane physically for the most part of of who they are and what they can do. And what that's what I'm saying, like like. Alfie Solomon is probably the farthest we see Tom Hardy go, but Tom Hardy pretty much stays between like a three and a nine. It's like a three and a nine. Christian Bale, like a three and a nine. What he does physically, Christian Bale, to transform his body, that's kind of unprecedented. But Depp, like, transforms to a completely different person. It's like the, literally the character. From Black Mass to Edward Scissorhands to Jack Sparrow to Sweeney Todd to Willy Wonka, like, wildly completely different personalities if you didn't know who's johnny depp could say they're completely different people and, yeah. and that's not even including like the like the finding neverland like the more deep cut like find which he was again put in an insane performance for chocolat um what else not, when i hear that i just think of uh was i love you man you don't you don't watch chocolat that ed wood yeah <laughs> At f- what Gilbert Grape like? What's the other one? Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I mean, he's incredible. These. So what? I, so you said the top three. So you have the Heath Ledger as the Joker, John Captain Jack. Who was the third? I don't. I mean, obviously Gary Oldman is worth Dan- mentioning. Does Daniel Day Lewis count? Yeah. I mean, my left foot. Lincoln, my left foot. Yeah. Gangs in New York, uh, there will be blood, like all very different. Yeah, I'd love to see him play like, and I think it's just maybe not something that he's necessarily interested in, but a fantastical character like Depp has played. Yeah. Leo's I, never done that I think either. Old, I think Oldman has, Oldman's done that. Like he was in the fifth element. Like he's done some weird, some weird stuff. Bro. I mean, I mean whenever you can be someone in history too, you know, like a historical figure such as Winston Churchill and most recently Harry Truman. Yeah. And win an Oscar for it as as Winston Churchill. Like you're doing something really, really good as a character actor. And probably be like one of the, yeah, I, he also did he's also serious black. Mm-hmm. Which maybe is the best character in all the Harry Potters performance wise. He's also Commissioner Gordon. He's Commissioner <laughs> Dude, yeah, he's Commissioner Gordon, dude. Like Serious, but that's serious black to Commissioner Gordon to Harry to uh Winston Churchill to Max Gordon Killers. He was a ridiculous character in that. Yes, he's amazing in that. And Leon the Professional. Hmm. I would say he more than like most like the like Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson. We just watched Pulp Fiction recently too. They've had some amazing characters, but it's not like they're like going too outside their wheelhouse. I would say Leo definitely has had some serious performances where he's gone outside the box. And I think, I don't know. I have such a soft spot for Jordan Belfort. I think he murdered that. There's such an, it's such an iconic character and it just keeps like, that's another film I could just always character is more iconic, way more iconic than the actual guy. Like it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. The the actual guy has still been doing press for the last 10 years. And like no one walked, 
people watch the content, but like not in the same way that they rewatch, uh, you know, that the Scorsese film that so featured him. Like no, no offense. Like, yeah, like we know a guy that's had a biopic made after him. B. Lang. And he had McConaughey do it. <laughs> like, and McConaughey did a good job. And B. Lang is one of the funniest dudes we know and is a great, is a great handicapper. But DiCaprio's performance was so transformative. It re it re it gave birth again to Jordan Belfort, the person. Yeah. So it's to pretty, me, I would, remarkable. I would I'd probably throw that. I know it's kind of a wild take. But I would probably throw that into like characters. Like, what year was Wolf of Wall Street? Oh, what year? You know who beat Wolf of Wall Street? Our boy McConaughey. Yeah, so he beat him in Dallas Buyers Club. I would have said that Leo kind of got robbed, but McConaughey definitely won that. As and, as a and lover, I think to... as a lover of McConaughey, yes. As a lover of those films and like performances. Well, no, no. I'm, I'm it was. A, it was certainly a for best actor. McConaughey deservedly won that. that it was a. Actor. It was a way tougher job transformationally, and for Matthew McConaughey to do it, who up until that point, he had kind of stayed. You want to talk about staying in your wheelhouse, and you know we, we talked about it with him when he was on our pod, and he wrote about it in his book, Green Lights. Like, he kind of had to stay in his one wheelhouse of rom coms for such a long time. And it definitely pigeonholed him. But also, like, we know this because we've all stepped on a stage before. Like, when you keep doing that stuff again and again and again, it's what you get comfortable with. It's what you get. It's what's built in as a part of your routine. Like, that was a massive challenge for himself to go do Dallas Buyers Club. And I was rewatching, um, what's it called? True Detective with my girlfriend who had never seen it before. And she, throughout the entire show, was like, I don't really buy McConaughey. And she was having a hard time, and she was like, like "I best roles, in my opinion. I buy him when we see him retelling his story as an old man, because that version of McConaughey feels true to him." And she was having a tough time. I mean, look, I rewatched it too. It's beautiful. It, it's cinema, really, but in, in the form of a TV show. But Russ Cole is an annoying guy. Like he, it's a good thing Woody Harrelson is in that TV show because Woody Harrelson represents like the normal guys like approach everything that McConaughey's character says in true detective is like, dude, what are you talking about? That's not him though. It's the writing. I know. I know. But I think think he crushes that role. And also I think he's changed a lot as a, as like a person and as a figure in today's society since that came out, like, yeah, since then green lights has come out and he's, he's like super vocal now on social media and like has all these YouTube sessions and like has one best actor since then as well. And like, there's just so many little things that yeah. has made him who he is today. That the person Matthew McConaughey rather than the actor. Yeah, like what's I, really I mean, I almost I almost done. bring up I almost bring up her viewpoint of Russ Cole in True Detective to to say like that's how challenging it was for Matthew McConaughey to prove himself to everyone that in Dallas Buyers Club, like this performance is real, it's authentic, and it's a true transformation. So I like I give him even more credit for that because it shook a lot of people's opinions to now become Nick, what you just said, where he's gotten to at this point. He hasn't yeah. done anything. Like he hasn't done any movies since the gentleman. He's really particular. Kind of crazy. When you get to that level, it's like you only want to put out stuff that you know, it's going to be a smash here. It's going to get you a lot of money. 
Like sing two. Sorry, I did sing two, which I think falls in the it falls in the latter falls in the latter category. Probably this, but those movies are good apparently. Um, all right, that's the show for today. Toss, great to have you back in, my friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. We have uh, Jeff Fidoten guessing to talk a little Kansas City Chiefs. I believe in Chiefs, so looking forward to that. Hit your free throws because they're free. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.